0: Good morning. It's good to see all of you out this morning. We're glad that you're here, especially to have our visitors. We appreciate your presence today. Uh, If you wouldn't mind, fill out visitor's cards so we'll have a record of your attendance, but we are certainly happy to have you all here today. Our lesson for today continues a series that we have been doing. Uh, We began it last month and we'll continue it into this month, overcoming life's challenges and I've actually uh, given opportunity for several friends and, and of course, you to uh, give some ideas as far as to some of the topics that, that we are studying. And I'll admit that as I've been studying some of these, I feel like I'm, I'm preparing for a gospel meeting in some ways because uh, usually we prepare for a series of lessons when we do that. And, and uh, some of these are a little more difficult than others. Um, Last week we talked about depression, overcoming depression, and how it can affect each of us in different ways, and and that was one of the more difficult lessons. Uh, This one also is a little on the the more difficult side, and another one of those that I I didn't originally plan to to speak on uh, when I began the series, but I'm happy to do so. Today's lesson is Overcoming Unbelief. Overcoming Unbelief. Do you ever struggle with unbelief? Now you may be tempted to say that, well, you know, obviously we believe. We believe in God or we wouldn't be here today, right? And that's true. But there are different levels of unbelief. Different ways that unbelief can affect us all. Do you ever feel like your faith is just not what it should be? Do you ever get that feeling, uh, maybe uh, in the middle of the week or so, you, you just get this this feeling that, man, I should be doing more. Or I could be doing more. I, I could be better. I, I could have done better in this situation than than what I did. That's a level of unbelief, and it's something that I think we all face at some point in our lives. Do you ever struggle with moments of doubt? Moments of doubt. Doubting the existence of God, for instance, or or doubting the truth of God's word or his promises. You maybe have many questions. Sometimes we don't understand how God's word applies to us. Sometimes we don't understand how to use it. Maybe we we wonder uh, can this really be true? Do you lack the belief necessary to actually do what is necessary in becoming a Christian? It may be that that someone here today has not put on Christ in baptism for one reason or another. Maybe you know what you need to do and you just haven't done it yet. That's also a level of unbelief. Overcoming unbelief can be difficult. It can be difficult. You see... When it comes to overcoming unbelief, it it requires willpower and self-control to some degree. You see, whenever you realize that, that you need to overcome unbelief, you have to overcome your unbelief for yourself. Now, we can't overcome the unbelief of others. Just because we want to. We can tell them what they need to do to be saved. We can teach them the gospel. We can can talk to them about the Bible and about Jesus. But we cannot overcome their unbelief for them. It's a personal matter. You see, if you want to overcome unbelief, then it requires your effort to do so. One of the things that I've been studying personally, and of course, some of you know I do these videos on Facebook, and something that that I've been pondering over the week is how we are to grow as Christians. We are to grow, but if we're going to grow, how does that happen? It's because of us putting in the time and effort to do so. We have to develop our own faith. Only you can grow and develop your faith. Though others may encourage you, no one can strengthen your faith for you. If you want to be closer to God, you must put in the effort necessary to make it happen. It requires studying God's Word. It requires uh, an understanding of God. And the only way that you can come to that understanding is by studying it for yourself. You see, you can't just take my word for it. It's not just about uh, hearing a lesson and, and you've got everything that you need. If you want to continue to live faithfully, you have to put in the effort necessary to do so. And overcoming unbelief can be difficult for that reason. This lesson is about you. It is about your own personal faith in God. And so if you want to to be better, if you want to have a better understanding, a stronger faith, then hopefully this lesson will help help you. Our lesson objective for this morning is to teach you what you must do to overcome any kind of unbelief that you may be facing, whatever level it may be on. And to know that if you are struggling with unbelief, you are not alone. You are not alone. But he picked out some good songs. Actually, he had a little help from me. But those last couple of songs talk about some of the things that, that we are dealing with directly in some of our texts today. But we begin with our first point. O ye of little faith. O ye of little faith. When we read in Scripture about the apostles, we understand that they were chosen by Jesus to not only follow Him, but also to teach others about Him. They were given the commission to go into all the world preaching the gospel to every creature. They were given that commission first. And we are given that commission also but these weren't superhuman people. They, they, they weren't above the temptations that we face often. And especially as we look at the beginnings of their time with Jesus, there's a lot of growth that was involved in their lives. But they were chosen by Jesus. Luke chapter 6, verse, beginning with verse 12, Luke 6 and verse 12 Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles. Their names were Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called the Zealot, Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot who also became a traitor. But each of these men, they were chosen by Jesus, but they were also human. Take that last note that we read about Judas Iscariot. He became a traitor. Why? Because he gave in to temptation. Something else that we understand about them from Matthew chapter 10 and verse 1. And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. They were given these special abilities. They were chosen by God. But even these were not immune to unbelief in some form. They believed Jesus. They believed uh, what He said. They believed in who He was. But we find out that their faith had to grow over time. In Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 35, Mark 4 and verse 35, we read of a storm. On the same day when evening had come, he he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Verse 39, Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But in verse 40, he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? How could they even ask that question? They themselves, they they have been chosen by Jesus for a special work. And and as we read their their special abilities, we don't know if they had, had acquired them at this point whenever all of this happened, maybe it was sometime later. But Jesus asked them, how is it that you have no faith? And it wasn't that they had no faith as far as they they didn't believe in Jesus and and who He was. They had some faith. But the faith that they had was not strong enough to overcome the unbelief that they were, were experiencing in this moment, in the storm. And they must know who Jesus is. They must have seen some of the things that that He was able to do. And yet, they were overcome with unbelief. They became fearful, even in His presence. Granted, they, they still had much to learn about Jesus. And they were still developing their faith. They were nowhere near ready to fully accomplish the will of God for them. Later they were, but they had to build upon their faith. They had to overcome this unbelief. You see, even the chosen apostles struggled with unbelief in the form of lack of faith. Peter himself struggled with a lack of faith. Following the feeding of the 5,000 in which we read of in Matthew chapter 14, We begin reading in verse 22, Matthew 14, and verse 22. Immediately Jesus made His disciples get into the boat and go before Him to the other side while He sent the multitudes away. And when He had sent the multitudes away, He went up on the mountain by Himself to pray. Now when evening came, He was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw Him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Verse 28, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me! Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Jesus came to them walking on water and they they didn't know what to think. Didn't they know that that Jesus was the Son of God, that He could do anything? They had seen Him perform miracles and perform mighty deeds and service to others. They didn't know what to think. Of course, they're in the middle of a storm and that, that affects their vision as well. But when Peter saw Jesus walking on water, he thought he had enough faith to do the same. He asked to come to Him and Jesus says, Come, but but do you see that instead of Peter coming to Jesus, Jesus came to Peter and rescued him. Peter wanted to be close to Jesus. He would have desired to be closer than any of the others. He wanted to do do everything that his Lord could do. And if this was Jesus, then, then surely I can do the same. I can come to you on water. And Peter could. He wanted to be like his Lord. Oh, but if he only knew where that would eventually lead him. John 21 and verse 18, Most assuredly I say to you, When you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Peter's faith in in this moment, when Jesus comes to them on the sea, his faith was not what it should be. Although it would grow and develop in time, H. Leo Bowles, in a commentary on the gospel according to Matthew, says this. Oftentimes Peter has been called rash, headlong, cowardly, and such like. But there is no mark of such a character in him. He was impetuous. At this time, he had too much confidence in himself and not enough faith in our Lord did he have faith? absolutely but his faith was weaker than his confidence in himself sometimes we simply struggle with a lack of faith and that's okay as long as it leads us to a greater faith as long as we continue to develop we don't just stay there we continue to move on and we become stronger and better Christians, better equipped to handle the struggles that we face. Growing and developing our faith takes time and effort, studying on our part and and coming to know that Jesus is the Son of God. Coming to know His power and His authority over us. Jesus asked His disciples, who men said that He was. In Matthew 16, beginning with verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ the Son of the living God. Not too far removed from what we read about of the storm and Jesus coming to, or Peter coming to Jesus on the water, or at least his attempt. Some said that he was John the baptizer, some Elijah, and some Jeremiah. All of these were dead. And all of the answers were wrong. Peter, however, affirmed his faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said that this very faith is what the church is to be founded upon. Matthew 16, verse 18 And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. Not on Peter himself, but upon his faith. And the faith that we should all have. The faith that we can confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God because we believe it to be so. On this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The faith that Peter affirmed is the faith that we need for serving him. But our faith still needs to grow and be strengthened. What are you doing to grow and strengthen your faith in God and the Christ? Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Sometimes our faith could use a little help. A father Asked Jesus for help in time of need with His Son. Mark chapter 9, beginning with verse 14. Mark 9 and verse 14. And when He came to the disciples, He saw a great multitude around them, and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw Him, all the people were greatly amazed, and running to Him, greeting Him. And He asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. Verse 19, and he answered him and said, O faithless generation, How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, How long has has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood... And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help My unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, "Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, And lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Some doubted Jesus' ability. And Jesus Himself places emphasis on the Father's faith in His ability to heal His Son. It was more than, than just Jesus healing Him. But He needed the Father to believe that He could truly heal Him of what was harming Him. The Father believed in the ability of Jesus to heal His Son And where his faith may have been lacking in any way, he asked that Jesus help to strengthen his unbelief. It may be that our unbelief is not necessarily in the believing itself, but in the need for strength in our faith help my unbelief. I have one more example. Almost thou persuadest me. It may be that your faith is like that of King Agrippa. Maybe you believe but you are not fully convinced or convicted in your belief. Paul addresses King Agrippa in regard to his own conversion. And we read in Acts chapter 26, Acts 26, and beginning with verse 19. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem, and throughout all the region of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. For these reasons the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God, to this day I stand, witnessing both to small and great, saying no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said would come that the Christ would suffer, that he would be the first to rise from the dead and would proclaim life to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Now as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. I will tell you that is possible. I've seen some people. I've heard some people that I'm convinced much learning has driven them mad. But it wasn't the case with Paul. Verse 25, But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. For the king before, this, b- before whom I also speak freely knows these things. For I am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention, since this thing was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe in the prophets? I know that you believe. Then Agrippa said to Paul, You almost persuade me to become a Christian. And Paul said in verse 29, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me today might become both almost and altogether such as I am except for these chains. As Paul references what he knows what he is confident in knowing the king believes regarding the prophets and what they had foretold, Agrippa does not renounce this belief. He doesn't say, I don't know what you're talking about. He doesn't say, I don't believe these things to be true. He says, almost thou persuadest me to become a Christian. If the king truly believed Jesus to be the Son of God and refused to act on his unbelief, does that make him a Christian? If he believes in God, if he believes in in Jesus and the sacrifice that Jesus made for the sins of all people, if he believes only, does that make him a Christian? He's almost a Christian, but he's not. In Romans 14, verses 11 and 12, it says, For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. There is going to be a day where Agrippa has to stand before God, and he will kneel before Him. Every knee shall bow. There's going to come a day that you're going to stand before God and you will kneel before Him too. As far as we know from Scripture, King Agrippa never, never changed his mind. Maybe he did. Maybe we're just not told about it. But, but as far as what we read here, his faith was not enough to lead him to obedience. His faith was a faith that fell just short of him becoming a child of God. The loss of King Agrippa in judgment will be a much greater loss than those who never believe. What kind of faith do you have? Is your faith a kind of unbelieving faith? Now, there are different levels of faith. and we have the the faith that that will lead us to initially become a Christian, but some people, when they become a Christian, they don't remain faithful for very long. They turn back into their former life and and the ways of the world. You have some that that are new Christians that are continuing to build their faith. And you have some that that have a, a very strong faith that would never admit it because they feel like there's so much more that they could accomplish. There's so much more that they could do to be closer to God. What kind of faith do you have? If you believe Jesus to be the Christ, the Son of the living God, what might be keeping you from obeying the gospel if you've never done so? Is it reputation or worldly rank or position? Is it family status or friendships? Are you from a family of non-Christians and afraid of how they might treat you? Do you have friends that are non-Christians? Maybe you're afraid of of how they might treat you. Maybe that's keeping you from obeying the gospel. Do you feel that you have sinned too greatly to become a Christian? I've spoken to individuals that believe it or not feel that very same way. That they've done too much wrong that that God would, would never want to save them. Or maybe there's, there's something that they need to do to, to make reparation for that, that sin that's in their life before they can become a Christian. None of us is, is deserving of the love that led Jesus to the cross. But nonetheless, that love did lead Him to the cross. And it provides for our salvation. Is there something else that is keeping you only almost persuaded? Do you need to obey the gospel? If you do have that need, if you need to, by faith, repent, confess your faith in Christ, be baptized for the remission of your sins, if that that is your need... And do it today. If you've not remained faithful for whatever reason, if you've fallen away from, from serving God the way that you should, the way that you know you should, if you need to come back to Him, if you need to ask for prayer, if you need to ask for forgiveness, if there is some way that we can help you today, and we would certainly give you the opportunity to respond to the Lord's invitation. Let's together we stand and as we sing.